All right, so welcome back to my podcast, um, Helping Others, where the premise is uh, I talk about how I help others and then also how others have helped me. And uh, the last talk I gave was at Dreamanoids Hi-Fi, which is the hi-fi store that uh, I co-own with Christian Rios. And um, today we're going to be talking about uh, my journey with exercising and health and so um and how i've kind of like been able to uh gain a lot of help from other people so usually i i I tend to try and talk about how uh, i've learned to help others but today it's definitely more about other people helping me and uh, you know i've been able to help some people with it but for the most part um you know uh i've been overweight since i was about i don't know seven or eight and it's something that I've had a relationship with for my whole life. I've uh, I've gained and lost a uh, hundred pounds twice when I was um, uh, in my twenties, and then around uh, thirty-two, thirty-three years old, I uh, I decided I was going to kind of just make a, a life change. I weighed about three hundred and twenty-five pounds at the time, and um, I decided to just try and like not worry so much about being on a diet as much as just getting my numbers down and working on uh, kind of creating a, uh, a, a space for my exercise, a space for me to be conscious about the calories I was intaking, and then to kind of just explore uh, uh, different approaches and different ways of, of being healthy and, and ha- kind of having a healthier lifestyle. And so, um, yeah, within that pursuit, uh, it was something that, um, I ended up having a lot of, of different people help me. And so as, as young as around, uh, in middle school, I kind of like, it was, it was one of those things where, um, I knew I was overweight. Uh, I knew I ate too much, but I didn't really have a culture around me that kind of called that out. Uh, my f- most of my family's uh, uh, answers was that I needed to just exercise. And so my parents had me sign up for football because all of my, my two older siblings had played football. Uh, and our two of my older siblings, I have a sister as well, uh, played football. And, uh, and so I went to, to go become part of the football team. And they did not have a helmet ready for me because my head was kind of big. And so um, I was very uh, apprehensive about playing football. I, for whatever reason, it just, it gave me a lot of anxiety. It wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. And so finally, uh, like two weeks into this, uh, training, I was, I was running and I was doing the pushups and I was doing the, you know, the core calisthenics with, with the football team, but I wasn't actually playing. I finally got my helmet and on the first, uh, hit, I realized this is just not what I want to be doing. And, um, I just went and told the coach, like, I don't, I don't want to hit anybody. Like, I'm good. Like, this just isn't what I want to do in life. And so uh, they ended up having me become, like, the water boy. My mom had me, like, get the full use of my cleats for that semester. And uh, and that was kind of, like, my experience with, with playing sports. I played basketball uh, in middle school. And then in, uh, I played tennis. And tennis I was actually, like, decent at. Like I said, I was overweight. But, you know, I... I I won some like middle school doubles tournaments and things like that. But um, 
I still kind of had like this eating issue and, uh, and I didn't really have any real pointers or directions. My, my first kind of time when I, when I really had somebody kind of call me out for my weight and kind of call me out that it wasn't just about exercise, uh, was when I was, uh, about 20 years old. Uh, I started, uh, working with uh, Creston Funk at Concert Sound. And Creston was a very fit person, and uh, he would tell me how he used to be overweight. But um, in general, people that know him know, yeah, he, was, he's, you know he was a health maniac. And uh, I lost 80 pounds hanging out with him for a summer. Uh, we walked everywhere. We would, he had a, a big um, Russian wolfhound, a borzoi, and we'd take that dog walking all over uh, uh, the river walk and uh, and then you know i just ate very sparsely with him he was a big sparse eater and uh, and then he taught me how to count calories and um, and so you know that when i talked about reciprocal mentoring in my second podcast you know that's the kind of reciprocal mentoring uh where i was kind of cluing him into uh like the younger crowd of hi-fi and uh and he was just giving me all kinds of of things he also taught me about professional photography which i'll talk about another podcast at some point but um but i was just i was i literally would just walk a lot and and we'd go to the gym every once in a while and and uh when he moved up to austin it just continued i'd go work out with him and and that was kind of like what what kind of set the baseline but at the same time i still suffered from like some anxiety uh, about how I ate and how I needed to be more perfect. And so I would have, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to, sc- I was going to school and school was very stressful for me. Uh, I, I think I, I've told y'all before, I didn't really fit in at school. I almost failed out my first semester at, at UT Austin. Um, but I just kept going with it. And as that would happen is I would, I would get on streaks of, of working out right. I would get on streaks of eating right. And I'd lose all this weight. And, uh, and my fluctuation was between 200 and 300 pounds. Um, and so I would, I would get down to, to like 200 pounds. Like when I got married, I was, I was around 200 and, uh, but I was always still like, even at 200, I was still super self-conscious about it. If I'd, I'd go to the doctor and the doctor would, uh, I had, I, I didn't realize at the time, but I had a doctor I didn't need to be going to see because I was at 200 pounds and my doctor would be like, you know, you still have like 25 pounds you need to lose. Like, this isn't where you need to be. And I was just like, wow, like I've, I've lost a hundred pounds and I'm at 200 and this person's telling me like, it's not good enough. And she in and of herself was like overweight. And I think she just didn't quite understand my approach to things in general, which we've talked about. And, uh, and so, um, I kind of, I kind of like flatlined, with my weight and my working out, I I could, I I was very, I was good enough in terms of being able to have some cardio to, to get around. But, um, my eating would just get out of hand. I would just eat way too much. I mean, I could, it was like one of those things when people ask you like, do you like pizza? I'm like, do you like pizza? I can eat, I can eat a whole pizza. No problem. Like, you know, people ask me, have you gone to this buffet? I'm like, I don't go to, like me go to buffet. (laughs) Are you kidding? (laughs) we just don't do that like what you know what i mean it's like i don't know i would i would uh, i would think of it as like you know somebody that's trying to recover from drugs being like oh did you, do you carry a suitcase of cocaine with you it's like no i don't you know, i don't care how cheap it is it's like i don't you know it was never about having enough food with me and so um 
you know, that was kind of like uh, something f- till about I was like 32 that I literally just I kept uh, 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 having to face. And even when I graduated with my Ph.D. at that time, I weighed like 325. And um, by the time I got to San Antonio, I had lost about 20 pounds and I was like 305. And then I kind of fluctuated around uh, uh, 305 to about like 295. And then, um, you know, up until about, two, you know, like I said, when I was like 32, around 2012, I weighed uh, about 320 again. And um, I just knew I had to make a change. I, 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 I was, uh, it was rooted not that I didn't know how to calorie count or it wasn't rooted in the fact that I didn't know how to exercise and it wasn't rooted in that I didn't know what to do to, to um, eat right. And that was kind of like a big thing. And then the, the other component I just hadn't taken into consideration, I hadn't even thought about, was stress. I didn't realize that uh, I, I could literally look at like what was m- the times that I was stressful and that correlating with my weight and how I could control those things and how uh, I didn't know that I could, I could literally kind of intervene with myself and, and take uh, uh, control of that. So around 2012, 2013, I just started walking and I would just walk a lot. And I started taking photos of my food and kind of sharing it with my friends or online and it was you know it was during that time where people were were kind of taking photos of food because they want to show people the kinds of foods they were eating and i was kind of more doing it as like a an accountability an an accountability uh uh, practice and it worked pretty well for me um i i would calorie count i i tried out like my fitness pal and uh, and that would work for me and i would lose some weight and then about like two, I think around 2015 was when I got like uh, more serious about it. So uh, I was probably weighing like uh, 295 at that point. And, um, and then uh, I started doing more cardio and I started eating cleaner and I got down to about 286. And um, I was talking to a, a, a car tuner friend of mine, his name's George Ramos. Uh, about tuning one of my cars and um and he was like joey i have this friend i would really like for you to meet uh, he's right here his name's chris benziquin and he's a he's a bodybuilder he works out of a, a olympic gym which I, I was like okay olympic gym i don't know anything about this so uh i meet chris and chris is like i mean he's he's this ripped guy and he's just like hey how's it going like you know uh george tells me uh, you've been working out and i'm like yeah i'm like i would love to uh do some sessions with you i just got to kind of get there financially and get there uh mentally like i have to I have to get through some stuff uh, but i do want to take you up on this and so sure enough like about, it took me about four months to save up the money because it it wasn't inexpensive but it was worth the money like uh afterwards um enduring uh and so chris you know, he literally taught me how to lift weights. Like when I say taught me how to lift weights, like I couldn't do a squat, like, like not, um, like I couldn't do a squat with weight. I mean, I couldn't do a squat period. And, um, we literally, uh, got like a a bench and I would just squat down and hit my butt against the bench. And then we would go do leg presses. And, um, 
uh, we went back and forth on that for like six weeks and then finally uh one day we just got the bar and like i could do i could do the bar and then we started adding weight and next thing i know i was i was doing two three plates and we were doing deadlifts and uh shoulders arms chest and uh and i did that for man i don't know how long and chris was amazing he was an amazing uh bodybuilder he was amazing uh, uh uh trainer he um he ended up helping my mom uh with some with some training and that was amazing to watch it was amazing to kind of see somebody that could look at you and just know the exercises that would really impact you and help you and so um you know i kept working with with chris but at at some point i just started running low on money like i you know just like eating uh, and i can do a whole podcast on finances uh, i was having to revamp you know how i lived my life financially and one of the first things i had to go was was training but right like right uh, towards the end of my training session um, I had been seeing my brother-in-law and friends uh, ride their bikes. They had gone. They had been going cycling. I didn't know. I, I rode BMX bikes when I was a kid. I was never into ten speeds. I just didn't understand any of that and really had no interest in it. But I was working out and I was doing all this uh, uh, walking and I was uh, hitting the gym and and I had pretty strong legs at that point. And so um, they asked me like, "Hey, you want to go riding with us sometime?" And I was like sure i'll go and they were riding on this trail called opie schnapel uh the leon valley creekway and it's like a 15 mile uh uh trail and uh they just put some regular pedals on one of their road bikes and uh and i went with them and man i I rode like maybe uh i want to say i rode like three or four miles and i was just i mean i was winded and and we turned back and, and you know we ended up doing like six to eight miles overall and um but i liked it and uh uh, again like i said i was going through a bunch of financial stuff and this is where we're having family that helps you kind of comes into play is that my dad was just like well i know that you're serious about your health and i know that you really are trying so like let's let's talk about you know getting you a bike and so my parents i'm 35 years old and there i am my parents helping me out and uh, it's humbling it doesn't choke me up but it's you know uh david goggins talks about how like sometimes things are just embarrassing to talk about in your life uh, how you know you can be a grown person you still need to have help well i still have to have help sometimes and that was like a really humbling time where my dad uh just helped me out and um and i didn't a lot of times uh in life you know people like get helped out kind of take something and uh and just take it for granted after that. Now I took that bike, man, and I've put thousands of miles on it, and I've ridden the wheels off that bike. I have a whole another bike now too, uh, which was another kind exchange with a family member. Um, but I ended up taking that bike, and I just started riding constantly, constantly. I mean, it was it was something that was so much easier than running, but just as exhaustive. And I had uh, some other friends one friend that did hand cycling that uh was very supportive and and he started riding with us and uh um, for example they bought me a a heart rate monitor for my birthday and that was so cool it was one of those things where i got to kind of start seeing i used uh, this app called strava 
And it started letting me track like uh, uh, my vitals while I was riding and kind of see, you know, where my health was. And one of the things that that this app started letting me do was that sometimes you get obsessed with it for kind of like personal gratification reasons. A lot of people uh, say that you post to social media because you just want to hear about yourself and see yourself. And um, for me personally, um, I was doing it because I wanted to hold myself accountable. Every time I post that up, it's like I'm thinking about, you know, the weeks that I'm not posting up, if that makes sense. So it's like posting it up to me is normal. Not posting it up is when I'm failing. And uh, and that may, uh, you know, some people may judge me for that. That's fine. I don't give two flying Fs, you know. Uh, but it's just how I kind of like survive and how I do. So if you ever are on my Instagram and you notice me not, not posting up, you got to be like, hey, Where's your, where's your writing video? But, um, but I kept writing and writing and I was writing 15 miles, 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, uh, at a time. And I was knocking up, uh, uh, rides for a whole year, for a whole year. I just rode and rode and rode. And so, you know, transitioning from the fitness, uh, uh, training to going to that, to then, um, also just steadily trying to eat right. I got down to about 275 and then, 265 and then uh, uh around two i think the lowest i've been in the past two years is probably about 259 so i hover right now i have around 265 259 but um over the past two years so like my 35 to 37 i'm about to be 38 uh i just kind of uh, i had so much going on financially so much going on stress-wise with my job and changing jobs and dealing with, with, uh, uh, leaving a job that was pretty much a hostile work environment or was a a hostile work environment. Um, leaving that, uh, the only thing that I had to, to kind of keep my sanity and help me be able to, to help others was my exercise. And so I just kept writing and, uh, and writing is what would allow me to like be able to, uh, kind of uh, stamp out my anxiety. If I started uh, feeling anxious, I could go and I could go ride. If I started feeling like I was uh, uh, having a, um, like a panic attack or feeling like things just weren't weren't going right, I could go ride. I could go walk. I could go lift weights, and um, and it re- like really made a big difference for me. It uh, it it released a lot of the stress, and then ultimately over the past year and a half what it really did was uh i could you know uh, i i've mentioned it before i suffer from anxiety and what was amazing about working out was that if i truly was having a an anxiety attack that was uh, uh physically manifesting meaning that it would just really pull on me and make me feel a certain way i could as long as <laughs> i say as long as i could force myself to go out and, and walk or go ride which i do on the regular, uh, I can go ride and I can put that heart rate monitor on and I can see, I can be like, I just rode for an hour straight and I had an average of 147 BPM, a max of 170. And when I got home, my heart rate went down to, uh, to 120 and then my resting heart rate's 80. So, you know what? Things are okay. You know, uh, things are going fine. Um, I do have this anxiety that's coming after me, but ultimately I can sit there and I can prove myself wrong, if that makes sense. And that was uh, uh, something that 
nobody necessarily taught me, but I kept kind of figuring out. So then uh, about two years ago, around that time that, that I was writing a lot, I had a friend named Victor Zuniga who said, hey, I want to start working out. Um, do you want to split some sessions with me with a trainer I have? And I was like, you know, I've had trainers before and, uh, and it's fun and I love it, but like it's expensive. And, um, I've, like I said, I've been going frugal for years now. Uh, I've got to stay lean. And he was like, well, we'll, we'll split it. It won't be that much money. And, uh, and so I said, okay, so we'll try it. And so he, he took me and I, uh, I met this guy named Scotty Estrada of, uh, OPT, uh, wellness. And, um, Scotty was a trip because Scotty and I like, uh, it was, it was like, uh, the bro hugs that kept missing. You know, we, we would, we would like talk and spar and like go back and forth. We were kind of like prodding each other, kind of seeing like, well, what do you do? Well, what do you do? Like we were kind of like, a a, a, a shy slash, uh, aggressive people towards each other. And what ultimately happened was, is that, uh, I, I started doing this Scotty kind of does like a CrossFit training, but he doesn't call it CrossFit. And for good reason, I'm, I'm not a huge CrossFit fan, but I liked what, whatever Scotty does. Like, I love that. And what ended up happening was, uh, uh <laughs> my friend ended up not working out, not, not wanting, not showing up. And I just kept showing up. And so finally, like Scotty and I were just working out nonstop. And, uh, and finally, like last year, the 20 fall, 2017, uh, late summer, he said, Hey, um, a client of mine wants to swim uh, uh, as part of the Kerrville Triathlon. And I was, at, you know, talking to her and I said I'd be willing to run. And I was wondering if you would like to ride the uh, Kerrville Triathlon. And I'm like, yes. He's like, it's in October. And I was like, that's fine. I'm happy to do that. Like, let's do it. Just put me down. Well, then uh, I knew nothing about triathlons. I just thought, man, this sounds cool. Like triathlon, like I'm going to do this. So uh, I'm like, so uh, how long is this ride? And he's like, oh, it's um, 56 miles. I was like, huh. And in my head, I was like, well, I've done like 38, 40 miles. I mean, what can 56 miles be? So um, so that summer, I just start training. That, that late June, July, August, I just start riding and riding and riding. And into September, I'm riding and uh and sure enough like uh uh i know not to overtrain so i i do my like i test my distance i ride op schnaples uh 15 mile uh uh route four times over in one day like all consecutively so i ride 60 miles or i think it was 59.8 or something like that i'm rounding up to 60 and uh and that was like two weeks before the ride and so i kind of just cooled off and did like these little 15 mile rides and just let my body recover from having trained a lot and uh i met up with uh my friend that hand cycles and i asked him i said hey like what you know what do you recommend in terms of food because i started thinking i was like man like you know this is this is like four hours of riding for me because i i'm not a fast rider i ride maybe 14 to 16 miles an hour on average and um he ended up uh, uh, telling me, hey, like, take these gel packs. They're called stingers. And I was like, all right. And he was like, don't don't take these, you know, outside of that, just only for that. Uh, because, uh, and I mentioned this 
in my intro, but I, I guess I should have reiterated this at the beginning. Is that you know I have uh, I, when I was around thirty, uh, I learned that I had diabetes, and when I was uh, or sorry thirty two, and when I was like twenty two, I found out I had high blood pressure. So I take a beta blocker, uh, uh, ACE inhibitor, and then I take uh, uh, some stuff for my diabetes as well, metformin. And, um, and so, you know, as I kind of went through this process of, of writing, like I literally had to learn how to not just like exercise, but like literally how to tune my body to be able to do this and not hurt myself and stay hydrated. And uh, it kind of really changed me. It changed uh, who I saw myself as, what I saw myself capable of. When I went and did that ride, um, I mean, after I was done, I just like laid on the concrete for quite some time. And, um, and it really, it really kind of just showed me like, hey, like this is, uh, this is what exercise is really like. And, um, and so since then, uh, for the past year, what I kind of did was, um, you know, I've, I, I have to, I've been having to be like more and more lean, uh, financially. And so I had to stop training, uh, because all of last year I was, uh, uh, unemployed. I had the hi-fi store. We started that up and all we just, we decided to just solely just keep putting the money back into the shop. And, um, and so, I just had to get leaner and leaner. So I was like, Scotty, I'm, I'm glad we did this ride, but this is probably like it in terms of training because <laughs> I've got I've to go really lean now. And so after that, I just kept riding and um, I've, I've uh, been weight, uh, I weight lifted with this guy named Ernesto Cuevas. I talked about him in my second uh, uh, podcast about how he's a great teacher and artist and designer. But uh, I ended up uh, getting to say those things about him because I reconnected with him in, in the August of 2017 around that same time of, as the triathlon and uh, we started working out at the at the YMCA and we would meet every week and we would lift Monday uh, Wednesday and Friday for almost a year you know for about nine months ten months and um it was it was uh, it was amazing because uh, not only did it make me have accountability, but um, I ended up being able to connect with somebody that uh, was also taking kind of this transitionary year for a whole year. He did freelance uh, graphic design, and he did really well, and he was really really good at it. And he uh, took on some really cool projects and clients, and he was also making art uh, and doing installations and had his work shown at at Notre Dame. And so he was very, uh, uh, integral into kind of my evolution of, of how I saw myself in terms of fitness and exercise, because he just kept bringing this different perspective and this different perspective. And it was intoxicating to be honest with you. Uh, and it got so intoxicating that we would work out for an hour and then we would have coffee for an hour. And I don't drink coffee. That's where I learned to drink coffee. And, um, we would hang out and uh and just basically have what what i would call a platica or uh like kind of like a an, an informal academic setting where we would theorize and talk about just a little bit of everything whether it was chicano studies chicana studies um technology uh art music performance uh, personal issues and so it kind of added this uh this component to for my health to not just do like physical working out but like 
a mental workout, a mental therapy, where you had this person that uh, you were working out with, and um, and you kind of created this bond where you kind of cheered each other on, not just in working out, but in everything that we were trying to do in our lives. And so, you know, if if there was something I would I would uh, say about um, kind of health and exercise is that. You know, having people like that, having like-minded people around you um, that are cheering you on, uh, but that also question you and that also challenge you, uh, I think um, plays a vital role to kind of keeping consistency in your ability to, uh, to keep yourself fit and then to also uh, uh, be healthy overall. So... As I came into this past summer, the 2018 summer, I um, had kind of wrapped up working out with Ernesto. We had we had been uh, working out and we had a slight accident in the gym. And um, I uh, basically had to kind of save Ernesto's life. Uh, we had a slippage on the bench press and I just racked up like 310 pounds uh, off of him very quickly and uh, it was it was pretty frightening um, and it was definitely a life lesson but uh, but we both survived and Ernesto is totally fine um, but it was definitely an eye-opener for me and um, and it was an eye-opener for him and he had to take some time off and and I just kept working out and I just kept uh, uh, doing cardio I kept riding I rode all summer and um, and I think part of that's a, a kind of like a runner's high thing for me too is that when I when I work out, especially when I ride, like all I do is this: what's in front of me, what's in front of me, what's in front of me. Don't fall off this bike. Don't fall off this bike. Look out for others. Look out for others. Pedestrians out the right away. If I'm on the road, I'm like, look for cars. Look for cars. Look for cars. Look for cars. That's really all my mind does while I'm writing. If I'm able to think about anything else, it's usually like on some really big straight uh, straight away. Other than that, it's like stay hydrated, stay hydrated, monitor your heart rate. And so like while I'm writing, it's kind of like uh, uh, driving a race car. You know, because that's, uh, I don't know if any of y'all have ever driven a race car on a track. I've lightly done it. Um, but that's all you're doing is you're looking at at, at, at at the situation at hand. You're not sitting there daydreaming. Um, and so uh, it, it kind of puts you in this mantra and in, in this kind of runner's high state where you're literally just in this other space while you're writing. And then when you finish, like everything kind of comes back and you get very reflective and you kind of have this, this uh, uh, space for your mind to kind of think and be. And so, um, so that's what I've been doing since the summer is that I, I ride and I work out. And like right now living in college station, um, I basically had to find a gym. I was going to work out at the gym here, but, uh, uh, it was too expensive for what it is for how there's no parking. And it was literally two miles from my office. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to walk two miles to get to my gym, to work out, to walk two miles back to to do this like it just it didn't make sense to me and uh, maybe that sounds lazy on my part but um, what I ended up doing was I found this really awesome gym called uh, Brazos uh, Barbell which is uh, a caddy corner to where I live 
and is a professional powerlifting and uh, and uh, weightlifting gym. So both Olympic and then also like a, a, a yeah, weightlifting in terms of traditional uh, uh, lifting, powerlifting kind of a, a setup. And uh, super nice gym, super nice people. And so I'll go there like two, three times a week. I'll row. I do weights. I'm a, I'm a two-plate kind of person. So I'm not looking to uh, 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 keep gaining more and more uh, weight as I go. I'm looking for consistency and my ability to be at that gym every week. And, uh, and then in addition to that, I ride and I walk and or jog uh, three times a week. And then I have to watch what I eat. And so, um, so this journey of, of, of doing this, though, and, and of finding this, this space um, to exercise and become okay with my body and become okay with who I am and where I fall within the, the health realm of, of society uh, is something that is, is, is it's daunting, it's rewarding, um, so somehow uh, my uh, recording stopped recording. So, um, but yeah, so it's daunting to uh, uh, kind of go through this, but uh, it's very rewarding. It's very rewarding, and uh, because you've done it, you know, it was it was something that you had to overcome. Uh, this is something that not everybody can help you with. You know, it's not something that you can have encouragement. You can have people facilitate you. But ultimately, like you have to be responsible for putting the work in. And so, um, like I said, that's daunting, but it's very rewarding. It's something that uh, nobody can take from you. You know, when you've done these things, like nobody can take that away from you. And uh, not even yourself, which sounds weird. But for those of y'all that that know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, and then, uh, you know, other than that, like the the other thing that I've really enjoyed uh, as of late is uh, getting into bouldering uh, and, and going, aka going to the climbing gym. Uh, just by happenstance, uh, my friend Michael Cano this past summer, uh, I ran into him and he was like, yeah, me and my friend Joe are opening a, a, a bouldering gym. It's kind of called uh, Armadillo Boulders and um, it's a climbing gym. And I was just like, huh. So that's the thing. So I started researching it and, and I was like, wow, this, this is not only a thing, this is this is awesome. This is going to be cool. And uh, I ended up working with them on a, on a bunch of stuff for the gym. And, uh, uh, and since then, I've, I've been going to the gym and climbing. And my wife goes with me and my kid goes with me. If you look at my Instagram, you can see some videos of it. Um, but it's very therapeutic. It's very zen. It's very uh, 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 reflective. You can climb up half the wall. Like on the easiest setting, you know, the... the they have all these different colors of, of, of blocks and, you know, the easiest ones are really big. And so, you know, so the easiest ones are green and they're easy to grip. And uh, they all go all the way down to like little pucks. And um, it's just an amazing experience. And, and one of the things that I kind of think about in general with exercise of, of, the, of the various things that I, I practice um, is that you have stress you have your exercise and you have your eating and all of those things kind of affect each other. You know, if you're stressed out, you're not working out. If you're not working out, you're not feeling good. So you're eating too much because you're stressed. 
if you're able to manage your stress, you have headroom to go and work out. And if you're working out, you're feeling good and you're able to eat right. So I kind of look at that as like a life lesson of, you know, I need to find balance. And I'm always looking for that balance. And I'm not perfect at it, but uh, I at least have like some skin in the game. And then other than that, you know, I really encourage you to, to think about fitness as a cultural phenomenon and finding, you know, where, where you identify culturally with the various kinds of uh, phenomenons that are taking place, whether it's cycling or bouldering or uh, weightlifting, because I have met so many cool, interesting people in all of these spaces. Um, people that are passionate, you know, people that are powerlifting, they're showing up to powerlift. And, and they have a passion for that. People that are cycling are showing up to go and ride and enjoying it for multiple aspects. People that are bouldering, you know, they, they love the climbing gym. They don't have to be at the climbing gym. They could belong to a normal gym, but they belong to, belong to a climbing gym because they're excited. They're excited to be there and they're going to go have fun. And, uh, and that's awesome. That's intoxicating. That's, that's, that's great. And, uh, and they usually love to travel too and get outdoors because like, you know, that's something that you ultimately are training for. You're going to you're going to go outdoors and do this. And so I encourage you to kind of find, you know, your 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 passion, uh, your cultural passion within fitness and kind of follow that and see where that takes you. So I hope you have a most wonderful day and I look forward to doing the next podcast soon.